Hey everyone, this is Shadows. And Chaos. We're from the Shadows of the Moon podcast. We're here to tell you about Anchor and how it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And I heard it's free. It is free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So I don't have to upload and change platforms? Nope, not at all. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it'll be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Without me having to do it? Yep. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Are you kidding me? Not at all. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead on over, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm, A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started. And that's with a capital A. Andy, how are you? Live chat. Sorry, just getting everything ready. You know how it goes. Hey, Wisteria, how you doing? Welcome, welcome. Just getting everything ready. Eddie will be right here. He had to run to the store real quick. Hey, Heather, how you doing, hon? Sorry, I'm running a little late. I had a bad night sleeping last night, but I'm good now. So it was, you know, trying to wake up and get everything situated. Hi, Nicole. How you doing, hon? Oh, don't do that. Everything's got a mess with me now. How is everybody? Hold on one second. I see your messages. Give me one second. That's what it is. Wrong way. DLive goes there. YouTube goes there. Good. Thanks. Miss. Just had dinner. Steak marinated with gar. Ooh, that sounds so good. Dark soy. Is there a difference between dark soy and light soy? Serve with peas, carrots. You lost me at carrots, but that's okay. No, I didn't. Ha- I haven't had my brekkie yet. I have not. Hey, Circle, how you doing, hon? Hey, Sophie. Nice, Sophie. Very cool. Hey, G Smoke. I missed you coming in. I'm sorry. 
not awake. I'm not totally awake yet. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Good to know. See, I don't know that stuff. Dark soy is for cooking with. Gotcha. <laughs> good. That's good, Heather. I like hearing that. I don't even have those. If they are working, you wouldn't hear them because I didn't have my speaker on. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I had a restless, very restless night. I, I have a feeling it was due to the full moon, but you know, very restless night. That's why I'm late. I didn't set up stream. I got up. I had it. Actually, Eddie came home and, and he forgot his key card. So he woke me up knocking on the door. So and I didn't wake up. I woke up right before you shot me the message, Nicole. <laughs> It's okay. It happens. It happens. I expect it sometimes. You know, we all go through those emotions. Getting rid of shit that you don't need. So you let it play out in your dreams. <laughs> you, I got a white sweat from everywhere. I'm freaking hot as hell. <laughs> Yeah, moon cookies are on strike. Moon cookies are on strike. <laughs> I hope everybody's doing well, though. Let me see. Get that up. There we go. My sounds aren't working yet still. No. Hey, Dead Soul Gamer. How you doing, honey? Wakey, wakey. <laughs> hey, Spitfire, how you doing, on Moon cookies, Andy. Moon cookies are on strike. Not for Fluky, but for everybody else. I love you, Nicole. <laughs> Hello, Jen T. How are you? Good morning. Well, I don't know where you are, but good morning, good evening, good afternoon. <laughs> it's morning here. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to have to, yeah, take them out and then reinstall them. I just haven't gotten over to DLive to do that yet. Tired, been cleaning and waiting for my grab. Gotcha. Gotcha. I hear you. Oh, okay, Oklahoma. All right. Doing good. That's good. Good. I'm doing good as well. Thank you for asking. Oh, Lord. I'm just trying to wake up. Here he comes. I hear the door. Here he comes. 
<laughs> right? Shut up. Oh, that's cool, Dead Soul Girl. That's awesome. That's right. Hers will be graduating. Yeah, I bet I didn't do. So today, on today's show, we're going to be talking about Indrid Cold. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but if not, just you'll find out. You'll find out. <laughs> Come on. These dreams suck. Aw, Claire, I'm glad we do that for you. So glad to see you guys. Totally cheer me up, I swear. But now you have to get your cap and gown. All right, hon. You have a great... Oh, that's a little loud. Yes, it was. Woo. Thank you, Heather, for the lemons. Well, you have a great graduation, hon. Who is it? Proud of you. Dead Soul Girl Gamer. Congratulations, Dead Soul. Have a great graduation, hon. It's lying. It says Heather Killen, she sent a lemon. No, she sent ten of them all. It says a lemon. Remind me that I got to do 400 a day because I totally... Totally forgot to do them yesterday. Totally. Just poorly. Poorly. I don't think it was the fact that you sent the lemons. It was how loud she had it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Andy. I know. I know. You guys got to remind me. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and he said, don't forget the lemons. Hey, Lockbeard. Why is that help for review? Are you trying to flip me off? Is that why? That's probably what they thought it was. <laughs> oh, he did? Oh, he did flip me off. See how you are, Lockbeard? <laughs> I see how it is. I feel the love. <laughs> hey, Nicole, Andy, Lockbeard, Mysteria, Sophie. Heather, um, and everybody else I'm missing. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole, for the ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I don't see you guys the rest of the week on Shadow Show, I apologize. We had our trucks the rest of the week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys are so funny, I tell you. I might have to go crack that window open. I know, I was thinking that. Holy crap. <laughs> Welcome to Alaska. Yeah, right. Open the windows. Where it's balmy. Are even any wind coming in there? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you rock, Heather. You guys rock. Oh, is that still not fixed? <laughs> no. No, I have to go in there and fiddle around with it. So yeah, today we're talking about Indrid Cold. And it has to do with the Mothman and the Men in Black. 
talk about at all. It's always about the men in black. She wanted sometimes to do too. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Yes, little Jimmy Dickens. I saw him at the Grand Ole Opry years and years and years ago. Is that Spitfire? <laughs> yes. What don't have something to do with exactly that's what I'm saying. It's always about the MIB. Exactly. So John Keel, John Keel is uh, the one who went to go investigate the Mossman. And I'm going to read you the foreword in his book, which I still have, which is Visitors from Lanolos. Since early in November 1966, two construction workers were driving south from Marriott, Ohio, heading for their homes near Point Pleasant, West Virginia when a strange flying contraption appeared over the highway and settled in front of their car. A man in glistening coveralls stepped from the object, walked over to the astounded men and engaged them briefly in a seemingly pointless conversation. He wanted to know where they were from, who they were, and where they were going. He did not volunteer any information about himself, and the startled pair were taken aback to ask any questions. After exchanging a few words, the man returned to the object and it ascended quietly in the night sky and disappeared. The two men talked the whole thing over and decided to keep their mouths shut because they feared that no one would believe them anyway. A month earlier, two 16-year-old boys in Elizabeth, New Jersey, allegedly saw a large man in shiny coverall coveralls standing behind a high wire fence, paralleling the New York, the, the New Jersey Turnpike. That same night, there were some excellent low-level UFO sightings around the Wanaki Reservoir, a few miles north of Elizabeth. Hey, circle. Hey, pair. Oh, I already said pair. <laughs> He says, oh, no, a UFO? <laughs> Never on this show. He said, I interviewed the boys carefully and separately. They both told the same story and details. Too complex to outline here. Seemed to rule out any ordinary explanation. Later, during one of my frequent trips to West Virginia, I talked with the construction workers. They were reluctant to discuss their strange adventure and instead insisted they didn't want to get involved. The bizarre story of Woodrow Derringer's encounter with a man in shiny trousers and a black coat on a rainy night uh, of November 2nd, 1966, was widely publicized. But I did not have an opportunity to meet Mr. Derringer personally until about three months later. By that time, he was making additional claims of repeated visits from men who presumably piloted flying saucers. When I first visited his rural home near Mineral Wells, West Virginia, I half expected to find a wild-eyed wild kook spouting pseudoscience and sophomoric philosophies. Instead, he turned out to be a gentle, robust man with a close-cropped sandy hair and deep blue eyes. 
His sincerity was obviously was obvious, and he had fine reputation for honesty. He did not try to give me a contactee sales talk, but merely tried to present the facts as he knew them. I had I have had considerable experiences with UFO witnesses and contactees claimants and have developed a set of rather tricky questions, which I use cross, to cross-check their stories. Hi, Patrick. Hey, Patrick. I was somewhat amazed when Mr. Derenberger was able to relate certain details common to many contactee stories. Even those details have never been published and unknown, even in the hardcore UFO buffs. On the first night in Mineral Wells, a group of us gathered behind Derenberger's house and watched a series of small globs of bluish light fitting, fitting, flitting mysteriously a few feet above the ground in a nearby field. He claimed the lights were being controlled by Indrid Cold, but I wasn't ready to buy that. I ventured alone into the field and discovered two interesting facts. First, the field was surrounded by an electric fence. Ouch. Suddenly, or secondly, I rather arrest a rather nasty bull had taken up residence there. I got shocked, hurtled headlong into a large puddle of mud, and was then chased by the bull. <laughs> I was a bit too busy to really discover the source of those lights. They might have been distant and distant automobile headlights filtering through the trees. Even though they seem to be in the field itself, we'll never know. When West Virginia experienced monumental, monumental little publicized UFO flap throughout 66 and 67, thousands of witnesses all over the state claimed to be seeing, seeing eerie lights and strange circular flying machines in their skies. I myself saw several of these things during my wanderings about the state. There is no doubt that something very unusual was happening there. Other contactees appeared to have appeared in other areas of the state. Hey, Williams. Hey, Amrita Williams. How you doing, hon? Um, Hi, Amora. Hi, Amora. Other contacts contactees appeared in other areas of the states, all making claims similar to Mr. Derenberger's, and most of them were able to provide these secret unpublished details. What's up, Nubs? Hey, Nubs! Even the psychiatrist who was among the first to examine Mr. Derenberger's later claimed, uh, even he claimed a contactee experience later on. During one of my first interviews with him, Woody told an incredible story of how he had been flown to Lanolos, and he described some unbelievable facts of life in the unknown planet. Later, I was to hear those same incredible details from other contactees in other states, even through the full Derenberger story has not been published until now. I mean, obviously there's a lot more, but how could somebody know? Well, I like the fact, too, though, that he was like, I was too occupied to figure out where directly exactly yeah. the lights were coming from. Instead of just, well, I know they were coming from the tree, blah, blah, blah. He even was just like, I can't be sure. 
Right. Because I'm getting he was, chased by a bull. Right. <laughs> After getting shocked by the fence. The bull isn't going to listen and say, wait a minute. I just want to check these out. <laughs> Let's take a time out for a minute, and then we'll resume. Hey, Freaky Geek. What's up, Freaky? What's up, Smoke? But, yeah, I mean, for him to have, you know, now we'll get into it, and we'll get into his story and what happened to him. Um talking about Darren Burger. But Ingrid Cold has always fascinated me. Because if you haven't heard of the story, Ingrid Cold was I guess you could label him a MIB, but he was a nice one. He wasn't the you know what I mean? He still looked he was labeled the, the smiling man. And um yeah, so I think that's why it always interested me. Like, why was he so nice when all the other ones were, like, creepy? You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he was creepy as well. But just, you know. Right. And more than one person's talked to him. Sorry, well, the good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Right, but there's only been one that I know of. You know, Indrid Cold. And he's the one that... Remember that lady was talking about in Hellier? Yeah, 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 yeah. They had his daughter and son came to visit her or whatnot, and then he, she never heard from him again. Feather says he was the Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith kind of MIB. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Patrick's like, you have to be careful of the different creepy factor. Yeah, that's true. Freaky said he had, he had or, a different uh, creepy factor. Or you have to be careful of people who smile a lot. Hi, Orion Grace. How are you? How you doing, Grace? Snuck right on in. I didn't even see. I didn't see Grace come in. And if you ever seen this picture, let me pull it up real quick. This is what they, the smiling man, looks like. Me when I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty much. No. Hey, thank you, Freaky Geek. Oh, it's not going to let me. I can't. It helps if you press the right button. Never mind. It's funny. I was just going to ask you if you clicked on the share button. No, I was trying to blow it up and then. So that's the. Basically, a polite joker. Yeah. In shiny overalls. But, you know, I mean, they had this one, too. But this was a, this, that one's the villain. It's like a cosplay thing. Same with that one. But that's him. You know, he would always come out of a UFO and everything like that. Just trying to carjack that guy. <laughs> I doubt it, <laughs> but a lot of information, a lot of interesting information came from Andrew Cold. So let's go ahead and uh, go ahead and get started. Oh, that's nice that you're saying hi to Greenstring Bot Lockbeard. Not most people do. <laughs> hey, Misty Cat. Hey, Misty Cat. 
yeah, I didn't have the the uh stream set, so yeah, I just went live at ten. Um, Freaky, you might want to watch what you're saying. <laughs> I'm not tasting anybody to know if they are sweet or sour. <laughs> I just saw Heather. Uh, the X Files. They could have. I think they did. To be any, to be honest, I think in the later version, the three that they made after X Files, you know, the one that when they came back. But don't quote me on that. I don't know. I was not a really um. <laughs> I. I was not really, I mean, I'm an X-Files fan, but I wasn't like a religious watcher of X-Files. That's still kind of freaky, freaky geek. <laughs> That's actually creepier. <laughs> it always starts with a hand. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole's Spartan Hearts. Thank you, Patrick, for the ice cream. No problem, Mysteria. So this is where you can have the fun about it, though. Right. When you don't know. Right. So, the sewing machine salesman. Thank you, Amora, for the ice cream. Patrick, for the two ice creams. Um, I show. Oh. So... On Wednesday, November 2nd, 1966, around 7.30 p.m., a sewing machine salesman named Woodrow Derenberger stops in an isolated stretch of Highway I-77 near Parkersburg, West Virginia. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. A flying vehicle that looked like an old-fashioned kerosene lamp chimney had overtaken him and stopped in front of his truck. So the, the UFO looked like an old, remember the kerosene tops of the kerosene heaters yeah. or the lanterns. Yeah. It looked like that. As baffled as the baffled salesman looked on, a man who looked perfectly nor natural and normal as any human being descended from the ship. Hey distracted. Hey, easily distracted. How are ya? Um the salesman recounted his experience the next day to the local news saying I'm a salesman, and I drive a truck, and last night, shortly after 7 p.m., I was coming from Marriott, Ohio, coming down Interstate 77, and just before I came into the intersection of Route 47, there was a car that passed me, overtaking me from behind, and following close behind this car was this unidentified flying object. And as the car passed, or car behind me passed me, this object was following close behind it and swerved directly in front of my truck, turning crosswire. And when it turned crosswire, it slowed down. It started slowing, not abruptly or fast, but gave me plenty of time to step on the brakes and slow down with it. But it forced me to come to a complete stop. As soon as I had stopped, there was a door that opened on the side of this vehicle and the man stepped out and came directly to me, came to the truck. He walked to the right-hand side of the truck and told me, he had told me to roll down my window. He asked me to roll down the window on the right-hand side of my truck. So he's on the passenger side. 
I done what he asked, and this man stood there and he asked me what I was called. Um, Bob. And I knew what he meant, my name, and I, so I told him my name. And then he asked me, he said, why are you frightened? He said, don't be frightened. We wish you no harm. He said, we mean you no harm. We wish you only happiness. And I told him my name and I told him, um, uh, what? And I told him my name. And when I told him my name, he said he was called cold. C-O-L-D. Yes. Okay. And so began a most odd period of time in West Virginia that would provide the area with a unique and unrivaled lore, attracting tourists and media alike for years to come. But what really transpired during the year of 1966 in Boyd Pleasant, West Virginia? Um, grave diggers and lovers heightened hysteria. <laughs> A little over a week later, on November 12, 1966, five men allegedly watched something fly from the nearby trees when they were digging a grave in a cemetery near Clendine, West Virginia. According to the official's West Virginia Department of Commerce website, the stunned men described what they saw as a brown human being that flew out from the trees and glided over their heads. Three days later, in about half, uh, about a half hour, one and a half hours away, two young couples from Point Pleasant, West Virginia, reported to police that they had also encountered a large flying creature with red eyes. Oh, you know, if it wasn't the year that you said, I'd have been thinking, man, they got them fucking bat suits now. Right, yeah. <laughs> they decided it was a large flying man with 10-foot ten, ten wings that followed their car while they drove through an area outside the town known as the TNT area the site of the former World War uh, World War plant. The TNT area is described mostly forests dotted with numerous grassy clearings and concrete domes and is also riddled with abandoned tunnels which most of the uh, which have collapsed been sealed off or became flooded with water. The area houses around the 100 concrete store igloos constructed during the World War II era, which were used to store dynamite and designed to be unnoticed from the air. Freaky said, could it have been a fox bat? They, they are large as a five foot person. I ain't never seen a fox bat actually personally, and I never even heard of one until just now. No, I, I know exactly what he's talking about and no. This happened in Point Pleasant, Point Pleasant West Virginia. That name sound familiar? Point play, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that where the little people are? Well, yeah, kinda. But there's also something else. What we're talking about here. Mothman. Right. Very good. Holy crap! <laughs> this is where the bridge collapsed, too. Yes. Ah, uh, look at me. You all right? No, I got a pain, and it's behind my eye. That's not good. Go ahead, I'll be okay. Okay. By that weekend, there had been an additional sighting which caught the attention of local media outlets. According to the November 18, 1966 of the Williamson Daily News, a Dodge Ridge Co County, West Virginia man claimed to have seen the creature in a meadow outside of his home. You all right? Yeah, 
Right, Lockberry? He's like, not many fox bats in Virginia. He goes, dang old Mothman, though. <laughs> this sighting reported to, reportedly took place around 90 minutes before the Point Pleasant sighting Doddridge County appears to be at least one or more likely two hours away from Point Pleasant via car. However, the Point Pleasant couples claim to have witnessed the creature traveling up to 100 miles per hour and easily keeping up with their speeding vehicle. The Dodge Ridge County man asserted that during an otherwise normal night, his television had began to make odd sounds, like generating, like a generator winding up. And the screen ultimately blinked out, leaving a fine herringbone pattern on the display. So like a jet, uh, if people don't know what a herringbone pattern is, it's like the chevron pattern. Hey, Mo. What's up, Mo? After the TV went out, the man joined his German Shepherd dog, Bandit, who had begun to howl on the porch outside. Standing there, the man pointed his flashlight into a field outside of the house and saw something was something with eyes like red bicycle reflectors. The dog ran off into the field with his hackles raised, ready to attack. The man ran inside to get a gun, but was too scared to go back outside. And he never found or saw his dog again. No, that, that dude, they, oh, that's so wrong. Interestingly, the two young couples that were chased by the creature only 90 minutes after this incident would separately report to the police that as they were driving, they saw a large dead dog lying along the side of the road. They all agreed that they passed the same point later in the night while fleeing from the creature, and the dog's body was no longer there. Hey, Ghost Rider. Hey, Ghost Rider. Police searched the TNT area, but were never able to recover the dog or any evidence of the Mothman. The strange events continued the very next night on November 16, 1966. A 21-year-old woman and her friends walking back to their vehicle from a social call to a friend's house located near the same TNT area in Point Pleasant. The woman was carrying three, her three-year-old daughter, and as they paused to discuss some mysterious lights hovering above the trees at night, the woman noticed a large dark figure standing directly in front of her. She described initially noticing that what appeared to be the legs of a man, but immediately realized that they were covered in gray feathers and she could not see her feet or could, could not see any feet. I, I got a question though, because if we're talking about the mouth man right now, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. We covered a few different stories about the Mothman. Right. Now, they're saying that, that this giant creature killed this dog, but it's Mothman mm -hmm. killed this dog. But all the other stories we've covered, he's never harmed anybody. He's there to try to warn them. Right. Well, we're doing good, Mo. Doing good. I mean, they really didn't say that the Mothman killed the dog. I'm wondering if they hit the dog with the car. And okay, then, the way it's, it's being, not, not right, right you, but the way it's, it's being, being deciphered. Yeah, insinuated. Yeah, that the Mothman did it. Right. Okay. Um, she got paid attention in school. <laughs> Let's see.
Dogman Cam's crazy dude talking about that winged things that consume people exactly like those things on Beastmaster or someone can't watch scary movies. Oh, geez. Oh, thanks, go. No, I haven't seen that channel, Lockbeard. Hey, UFO in Akron, Ohio. Hey, UFO in Akron, Ohio. I've been to Akron, Ohio. That's where my aunt lived for a little bit. Yeah, I just threw that name out of there, out of the blue. You had to look to make sure I was actually saying somebody's name. No, I was actually <laughs> reading Ghost Riders, and then UFO in Akron, Ohio was yeah. right after that. Akron, Ohio, that's pretty cool. I was born and raised in Erie, PA. Not too far from you. Okay, she described initially noticing what appeared to be legs of a man, but immediately realized that they were covered with gray feathers and she could not see any feet. At first, she thought it was a large man in a gray jumpsuit, but upon focusing on the individual, she realized that the six-foot-tall creature had a neck that looked like it went down and <laughs> in like a bird. As her friend screamed and ran back to the house, the woman's legs gave out from under her. Dropping her young daughter, she fell hard onto the toddler. The woman, finally able to regain her composure, collected her daughter and ran ran for the house after hearing what she interpreted as flapping of enormous wings overhead, as though the creature had, like, flown away. Which theory, there's a good chance um, that that did happen. Um, the story is exaggerated Mothman for tourists to, to come. I believe in Mothman. I believe it's real. No, no, no. She's saying, was it exaggerated? Oh, exaggerated? I don't think it meant to be. I think people were actually, around this time, were seeing a lot of the Mothman. Either that, at the same time, they were probably just too terrified. And, and yeah. When so you're scared, just you're just spitting shit out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we get you. We get you. She said, yes, not discrediting the sightings. Right, no, I think, yeah, because when you're scared, I mean, these people didn't know what the hell was going on. And like Sophie said, it sounds like that clear, like an urban legend. Yeah, but I believe the mouse man really happened. I, I believe that there, there actually was a, a creature called the Mothman. I, I really do. There are sightings of it today, when, and it's weird to me to see, like the Mothman to me is a harbinger of death, you know, like a warning system. And um, he's been seen around different places that things happen. After the woman and her friends locked themselves inside the house, the creature continued to reemerge, shuffling on the porch, pushing on the door, and peering in windows. Eventually, it left them alone and disappeared. However, the woman was deeply traumatized afterwards and insisted that the creature had a link to her and would come back. She had, had to seek medical treatment for anxiety afterwards and felt though she could still hear the creature's high-pitched sound, like a woman screaming outside her window. That's pretty good, Freaky. At night. Because <laughs> I said they, they're, they're terrified. They're just spitting words out. Right. <laughs> now I know why some folks wear diapers on their heads. Right. 
The rash of frequent sightings and reports continued for around two weeks after the initial Mothman sighting. Reports of strange experiences in the area continued to, for months afterwards, intermittently, yet not with as much frequency or fever as the initial claims. Though the encounter seemed to dissipate within time, the sightings continued regularly until the collapse of the Silver Bridge in Point, Pre Point Pleasant, West Virginia, over a year later, on December 15, 1967. The Silver Bridge collapsed due to a design flaw in which the failure of single, a single eye bar in a suspension change due to a small defect created a domino effect through the entire structure. The collapse occurred during rush hour traffic and resulted in deaths of 46 people. So, B, you're absolutely right. Uh, you can't have a circle of 20 people tell one person something. And by the time it gets through all 20 people, it's going to be nothing what you said. Right. The sightings of the Mothman abruptly stopped it after the Silver Bridge collapsed, leading many to speculate that the creature was a harbinger of doom. Other theories surmise that the Mothman could have visited Point Pleasant to warn of the intermediate collapse of the Silver Bridge or was lured there in anticipation of the event or caused the tragedy itself. According to author John Keel, he's also the one that wrote about Ingrid Cold, um, who moved to West Virginia to chronicle, and he made the Mothman prophecies, the movie, who moved to West Virginia to chronicle the bizarre happenings. At least 100 people personally witnessed the creature between November 66 and November of 77. Sighting of the creatures similar to the Mothman have been reported in association um, with other major tra tragedies as well. On September 10th, 1978, in Fredeburg, Germany, approximately 21 miners were blocked from the entering their job site by a creature with glowing red eyes on its chest, with huge dark wings at its back and the body of a man. Oh, absolutely, Mysteria. There is a town basically dedicated to the Mothman. You probably saw the Mothman doc or the Mothman prophecies. Did it have Richard Gere in it? Well, she's saying I, I I was asking because I saw your documentary the documentary that showed how they sell Mothman statues, T-shirts, etc. And the cafe does a Mothman pizza and coffee. Mm -hmm. So she's talking exactly in that town. Where, yes, uh, isn't it the, the largest statue in the town? Well, I mean, yeah, but I... Is of Mothman? I think so, probably. But the thing what is, is, too, I mean, why not? They get millions of people there, or at least they used to, flocking to want to see where the Mothman was. So why not make profit off of it? I can understand it. It's a little sleepy little town. Walker says it perfectly. Claim. These fish are giants. Translation, we just stopped the pond. <laughs> right. All right, Sophie, I'll <laughs> make sure I write that on my calendar for you. Yeah, and a lot of weird <laughs> shit happened to John Keel while he was, whether you believe him, some people don't believe him, others do, um, you know, but not only this, this is also Hellier was the Hobgoblins of Kentucky that ties in with it. It's so weird. The whole 
situation is weird. See, I'm not a, I mean, don't get me wrong, Misty Cat. I probably would be scared if I saw it, but I'd like to see it. <laughs> I'm weird that way. You know, and that's funny, though. I don't think I'd be afraid to see it. I really don't. I, I think it'd be interesting. It's only barn owls that stir the shit out of me at night. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, on September 10th, 1978, in Germany, approximately 21 miners were blocked from entering their job site by a creature with red glowing eyes on its chest, with huge dark wings on its back and the arms of a, and the body of a man. The workers fled from the creature as it unfurled its wings and shrieked. They discovered later that the mine had collapsed during the same workday, and if the men had been working, they would have either been killed or trapped. There was a rash of Mothman sightings in Chermbo before the nuclear dis disaster. At least four people claimed to see winged creature over the site of the catastrophe before the failure. There were also claims that the first responders reported sightings of a winged creature circling in and out of the black smoke in the hours after the disaster. Uh, How I'm sorry, I'm going to guess, Blackbeard, you better pluck off what other feathers or whatever he has, though, first. <laughs> However, these reports remain largely unverifiable as supposed witness of which were either killed in the explosion or died as a result of the radiation exposed. The creature became known as the Blackbird of Chernobyl. You know, easily distracted, as funny as it sounds, I think that anybody that actually encountered uh, the Mothman these days would probably try to communicate with it. Not only that, but let me ask you guys something, because I just thought of this as I was reading that. Like, they've seen it at Chernobyl. They've seen it at the mining, the miners. Now, if you see the Mothman, now, to me, like I said, I believe it's a harbinger. You know, it's a warning system. Listen, something's happening. Right? Who's to say it's not an angel? I mean, you don't know. I've never seen an angel. I can only see what people have, you know, drew or, you know what I mean, of what angels look like. I don't know what they look like, um, to be honest. But if you saw the Moss Man in your town, would that make you think to leave town? That a disaster is going to happen? It wouldn't make me want to leave town, but it definitely wanted me to open up more to watching the news and see what's going on. Like, it, 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 especially here, where we're because of earthquake activity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Are we waiting for the big one to have the tsunami again? Right. They have seven fingers. <laughs> is that what it is? It's only because they stole five of yours. No, they took four. So, so, Nubs, you're saying that you're an angel? <laughs> and it's weird. I mean, would it be a warning sign that you've seen the Mothman? Or, or did you see him as he stopped the rest on, onto a, a different place? Maybe he had no intentions of people getting any warning. I just needed the rest before I carried on. Right. Yes, yes. Mr. Cat, we are. We live right inside the Alaska Triangle. He <laughs> knows. Yes, I'm definitely an angel. Strike you said I'd avoid all bridges. Well, yeah, definitely. No, all I see is your horns, Nub. 
Mysterious says, I love Jesus. He was a hippie. <laughs> but, yo, because it's because um, Sophie said, like, kind of like Jesus. If he did exist, how do we know what he actually looks like? Exactly. We don't know anything of only what we're told. Exactly. And, and, and pictures or drawings or whatever, that's only by what people say. Right. You ever seen Jesus? I know I haven't. I don't know if he's white, black, if he's got long hair. Well, hell, hair. if I want to, you know, say that, I mean, did you guys know that Metatron is actually, you know, Professor Drake of Harry Potter? You're trying to you guys I, confuse them. <laughs> Sorry, Dogma is my favorite movie. <laughs> You're right, Sophie. It's all stories that have been passed down through the generations. Hell, through the generations, fucking goddamn. But yeah, so who's to say that the Mothman ain't an angel? You don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah, I, I mean, we know because that's been, true. Easily distracted. Because we've been taught. We know Lucifer is actually an angel. Right. A fallen angel, but he's evil. I wouldn't say evil. Yeah. He, he's uh, devious, is what he is. Right. He doesn't make you do anything evil or bad. Heather <laughs> said, yes, I did know that, show. <laughs> he tricks you into doing it. Right. Yeah, I love Dogma. Dogma was my absolute favorite movie. Right yep. there with Practical Man. I know Eddie's like, yep, because we've watched it. Whenever <laughs> whenever it's been on, I'm like, oh, Dogma's on. It's the only movie in the world that I actually can watch over and over again. How do you want to watch a movie with me? What are we watching, Dogma? <laughs> That's exactly what I said, Rick. He's, mis he's mischievous. Yeah. Uh, it can be because he technically hasn't hurt anyone. Mothman is always there when there's trouble. He's that's what I think, Nubs. Exactly, yeah. Nubs. <laughs> no problem, Nubs. No problem. Well, there you go, people. Angels do dishes. Yes. I'll be damned. He just didn't fucking snap his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Mr. Cold and company through the sightings of the Mothman would begin to fade away after the bridge collapsed. Residents of Point Pleasant continued to experience odd phenomena such as mysterious phone calls, paranormal activity and undefinable lights in the sky. The book that John Keel would go and write about the happenings would bear this description of the bizarre encounters. The inhabitants of Point Pleasant have been haunted by strange monsters and apparitions. Mysterious aerial lights have traveled slightly over the little town. Homes through the area are plagued with eerie, unearthly noises and ghostly manifestations. Residents will also began to complain of encounters with an enigmatic and well-dressed gentleman much like Mr. Cold met by the sewing machine salesman outside of Parkersburg. Local reporter Mary Hire would have several interactions with what Keel would later popularize in his book as more baffling men in black types. 
An associate of John Keel's, Mary was well known for her extensive coverage of Mothman sightings in the newspaper. The Athens, she wrote for the Athens, the Athens Messenger. She was also the acting manager of her sister office in the 6th Street in downtown Point Pleasant. Mark Beard just brought up a good point. He says, or is Mothman just noticed because humans are perked up sensing something else is wrong? Could be their manifestation. Could it be? Exactly that. For the simple fact is most of his stories, hurry back, Sophie. Hurry back. Most of the stories related around him is when something happens. So maybe they manifest the Mothman because they're sensing something isn't right. Maybe. Maybe. Do we have a warning coming? Is it him? Or maybe he's, it's kind of like the Mothman comes out because he's like, kind of like my, my little girl that comes to me when my light's dim. Oh, shit. What'd you do? Are you still alive? I hope so, yes. I hit my fucking power button. I've just lost everything. I'm down. Oh, nope. It seems like one of your streams is having connection issues. I got well, both of them are good. Both my screens are black. <laughs> Hold on, guys. I'll keep going. I'll, I'll get there in a minute. Okay. Well, yeah, you can still talk in the background. Yeah, they can hear me. Back home, don't I? Yeah. Am I back? Hold on, guys. Can you hear me? The fuck did I do? Sound, but no image. All right. I'm completely dead. Hold on, guys. We're having tech issues here. Both lights are on. Is the power pack on? Yeah. All right. We'll give it a second to be put up. You said the lights are on? Yeah. All my lights are working, but both my computer screens are black. Oh, hold on. I think I'm making progress here. Okay. Yeah, it's starting to. See, so okay, you guys can hear us. Okay. Modern technology just takes forever. <laughs> so keep going with your story. All right. Well, I they can't see me. I, I'm not on screen. I don't know. I'm scared to refresh. <laughs> Hold on. Until you get back in here. I'm starting my way back now. <coughs> it's that damn Alaska Triangle thing, I'm telling you. It takes forever. <laughs> there we go. 
weird that my computer has to be on for your camera to work. I know. I don't know. Hey, Melanie. No Hi, problem. Melanie. Um, that's weird. Thank you. Oh, were you saying welcome back to Sophie? I'm sorry. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> so you guys can see me now? Yes. All right. Let's see if I can redo this. Okay, cool. Cool. See, I am here. All right. So we're just waiting for Eddie to pop back on. Awesome. Yeah, Eddie's computer still went. It's weird because his computer went down. But it took out mine as well, which it shouldn't. Mine's on a whole different system. And it's, excuse me, and it's weird that I'm on, there's a thing for Eddie when I didn't even, oh, I might have to send you the invite guest thing again. Well, you got to, no, because I'll still have it up. I I just got to go back through Facebook to go to the link again. Okay. And then you can invite, or click me back on. But right now my fucking, my Chrome is taking forever to fucking load. No problem, Sophie. And just so you know, when you mention McDonald's, that's a bad word here. I'm joking. Very bad word here. <laughs> hey, Val. How you doing? Oh, no. It's out in the living room. <laughs> okay, restore. See We're I'm... just waiting for Eddie to come back. Uh, I, I, I'm on my way. Studio restream is it gonna let me in? All right, Mo, hurry back, hon. You're hanging. You're hanging. Oh, you got an Australian thumbs up, baby. All right. And she get the bloop. Get Eddie to wear a teddy. Yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> yeah. I'm not thinking that's going to... Melanie! I'm in the basement. Melanie's swearing too. She said, I'm ordering McDonald's right now on an app. (laughs) We can't do that. I'm I'm in your basement. Oh, you are? Yeah. There you are, baby. (laughs) Oh, this is weird. This is like three people online now. Huh? Why? I don't know. Oh, because they're trying to rejoin when I uh, just... uh, not reset, but call back all the pages. That's weird. So, no, technically what I would have to do is, can you make that leave? No, there's no, like, button for it at all. I'll be back. Hold on. It's still there, honey. It's going to be. Hold on. It's got to catch up. It's been there the whole time you've been offline. Well, it's because it was still showing me there because the page wasn't shut down properly. Right. right now I gotta come over here and find the oh damn that link was just right there. <laughs> I wonder if I go like that when he comes up. 
All right, I'm in the basement. I'm still there. All right. Well, we got a we got a that's Ingrid Cold. We got a third person. Oh, that's the MIB. Yeah, it is the MIB. Uh, missing, missing, missing black. black. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, so you know if something happens, you guys know what to do. Why is this open? What the fuck is this even? What is going on? What are you doing? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't need one drive open. Gotcha, Lockbeard. Okay, yeah, kind of like like I look at spirit and and UFOs and stuff. He's saying that the Mothman is there all the time, oh. but maybe humans tend to notice it when they're at their psych level is high on high alert. And agreed that they are now manifesting the presence of Mothman. It's chaos's other personality. Might be. Might be. <laughs> it's my dark side. <laughs> I'm still loading. You to, I still get the blue circle of death over here. On YouTube or? Um, research. I mean, I mean, it's working. But it's still got the blue wheel of death near my uh, cursor. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so um, talking about Mary Her on, on January 1967, okay, she was visited in her office by an odd man with thick glasses and long black hair that was cut like a bowl haircut. He kept asking her about the lights in the sky that she had reported about previously, even though most of her other news representatives and visitors primarily had questions about the Silver Bridge collapse or the Mothman. Thank you, Heather. Heather said, welcome to the dark side. They have cookies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch, Heather. You made me say it. <laughs> <laughs> Mary said she was very struck by his voice, which was low and hesitating. She felt as though he had a speech impediment. Uh-oh, I can't see who... Thank you, Amora. Thank you, Amora, for the ice cream. Heather tricked me. <laughs> um, Mary was very struck by his voice, which was low and hesitating. She felt as though he had a speech impediment, but could not place exactly... Why she felt that way. Many completely out of love, Heather. Trust me, it was not disrespectful. The man also kept getting closer and closer to her, and she noticed that he seemed to stare at her without blinking. After their interaction was interrupted by a phone call, which Mary happily had to take, the man began to intensely study a ballpoint pen on Mary's desk, as he, like he's never seen a pen before. He then laughed loudly and ran out of the building, taking the pen with him. Hi, Pammy. Hey, Pammy. No problem, hon. Hugs to you, sweetie. Don't burn yourself. Don't <laughs> burn my goddamn dinner either. <laughs> <laughs> the same night, a man would visit her home of other residents. 
the same night, a man would visit the home of other residents. He fit the same exact description as the man in Mary's office. He claimed to be a reporter for the Cambridge, Ohio, which was just a few miles away from Point Pleasant. But the man later, later reportedly inadvertently admitted that he did not know where Columbus, Ohio was. Most of the people he had visited that night had witnessed mysterious lights in the sky, and all of them were very uncomfortable in the man's presence. Yet another, or perhaps the same odd man, would also, very, also visit Mary's niece, Connie Carpenter. According to John Keel's book, the man, who identified him as Jack Brown, told Connie that he was a friend of both Mary her and John Keel. He initially asked if he could talk to her about a separate experience in which he had reported seeing the Mothman. Connie politely let him in, but quickly felt as though all of his questions... Thank you, Nicole, for the ice cream. Um, Connie politely let him in, but quickly felt as all of his questions were geared specifically toward the reporters. At one point, the man asked, What do you think if what you would... Um, what do you think if what would Mary Hyde do if someone told her to stop writing about UFOs? Can you break a bone? No, he's asking her niece. What would you do? Or what would you do if, if Mary Hyde, what do you think Mary would do if she was told to stop writing about UFOs? Keep writing about them. Um, Connie quickly retorted, she'd probably tell them to drop dead. Keep writing about them. Connie thought of, of his other questions seemed stupid or even unintelligible. Um, Connie, her husband, and her brother all thought the man's strange demeanor was disturbing, but the man was also oddly physical. They all noticed that the man had unusually long fingers and that there was something very particular or peculiar about his ears. How you doing, Sancho? Hey, Sancho, how you doing? They couldn't say exactly what, but there was something. So something made them, you know, that red flag kind of. Something. I don't right. know what it is, but something's just not right. Something's yeah. off. In February of 1967, Connie Carpenter was walking to school as usual when a large black Buick pulled up beside her. She described the driver as a suntan, clean-cut man who was around 25 years old. He gestured for her to come over to the car, and he opened the door. Hey, kid, how you doing? Hello, Mr. Minkster. Oh, you oh, got Briella? Oh, the granddaughter's saying greetings. <laughs> oh, well, hello, my lovely little girl. Hello, my son. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you too, Ryan. Hi. <laughs> Come on, he's got to put Brielle on panel, on panel, so everybody can see her. Serious. Come on, Mister Mason, do it, you chicken shit. <laughs> All right. Um. So he gestured her to come over to the car, and he opened the door. She initially assumed he needed directions. Upon Connie's approach to the car, the man grabbed her, ripping her blouse <clears> in the process, and tried to pull her in the car. She, however, fought back and was able to run away. 
Days later, Connie received a note regarding, be careful, girl, I can get you yet, which she insisted was from the man that had tried to abduct her. Why was he trying to abduct her to begin with? He's a man of men. My long night's night. That works till 12. By the way, it's 3 p.m. Oh, Savannah right. works till 12. See, Val, that's not, Subway's good. Subway is not a naughty word because we have that. Here. We have Subway here, so you're good, Val. <laughs> and if you run really fast, you can dodge a lot of the raindrops. So, <laughs> so what was your question? He's like, I don't know. Oh, why was the guy trying to abduct her? He was one of the men in black. He's oh, the okay. one, he was the one same of the bad guy. men in black. Yeah. All right. Excuse me. So there were reports by residents of these men, odd men all over town. Common details of the men in black in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, during the span of this time included, excuse me, they weren't, they were seen during driving seemingly brand new but older models of black vehicles. The cars were usually models of Cadillacs, Buicks, and Lincolns that were at least 20 to 30 years old, yet in mint condition. They were often described as suntanned or olive-skinned with black, if any, hair. The men usually appeared to be foreign and had dark features and were reported as displaying movements that sometimes appeared to be robotic in nature or as moving as mechanical fashion. Well, hasn't a lot of stories been said about men in black? And I think we talked about it a little bit, too, sometimes, um, that a lot of the men in black are actually aliens. Right, right. They're trying to figure out if they are or if they were. You know what I mean? It's like the aliens, um, Majestic 12 or something. I don't know, you know. Keep going, Sophie. It ain't hard for me to time you out. <laughs> <laughs> The men in black in Point Pleasant also did not seem to know how to eat food properly. One On one occasion, diners witnessed a man in a local restaurant who did not know how to use a knife or a fork. The men made the same kind of rambling, incoherent conversation as others per, um, perpetuated men in black, as the other perpetuated men in black. But he was also casually mentioning being from another world which the waitress thought was a corny pickup line. <laughs> yeah, well, wouldn't you? Sophie, I was just kidding, huh? Seriously. <laughs> um, Mark here wants to know why does our town have a subway if it's too small to even have a McDonald's? It's not too small, Lock here. Um, we actually have enough space to have McDonald's, Burger King, all that shit. They just don't want the Monopoly thing going on here. Uh, not the game. Yeah, not the game. <laughs> this is a pretty uh, self-sufficient, flow-flowing town. Yeah. Motivation is hard to determine regarding the men in black, but most witnesses felt intimidated or scared by them. These individuals could easily be out-of-town oddballs attempting to enhance or be part of the hysteria gulfing Point Pleasant at this time. However, the reports of such individuals were detailed, verifying, and unrelenting. Tragically, Mary Hart would unexpectedly be found deceased in 1970 after a short illness. 
Many conspiracy theories question if her sudden death wasn't related to the work in publicizing the Mothman and UFO sightings in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, during 66 and 67. Well, that's good, Sancho. You only abducted so you did Okay, he was reading that. I was just like, I was just fixing to say, did you see what he just said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're sleeping, you know. Well, as long as they're sleeping, I guess it's okay. No, it ain't. <laughs> so, so, conclusions and theories. The actual Indrid, Indrid Cold was never definitively seen by or named to anyone other than the, the sewing machine salesman, Woodrow Derenberger. That's not true when this is stored anyway. Um, though many were people that claimed to have interactions with the men in black. Also, through Indrid Cold is casually referred to the Grinning Man. No reference to him smiling can be found in Derringer's initial description of him. That is weird. Like, why all of a sudden is he known as the Grinning Man? The, this reference seems to have originated from the story of the two young boys that saw an odd smiling man and the experience. Bobby and Bruce? Yeah, Bobby and Bruce were experienced, were later um, conflated that certainly enhanced the creepy factor of Derringer's account. Though Darren Berger's initial claim of having interacted with the alien injured cold were somewhat corroborated when the local people also released reports from multiple witnesses of seeing a UFO or lights in that sky that night. Darren Berger uh, continued to add details after implausible detail. He would go on to interact with cold again as well as some of cold's cohorts, Demo Hassan and Carl Ardu. Darren Berger ultimately claimed that Cold took him to visit their alien planet, Lanolos. And the rest of the story reads a lot like Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut. And now for the rest of the story. That's right. Darren Berger enjoyed the publicity initially and went to co-author a book that detailed his experience, but after a while referred, refused to talk to press. He then proceeded to disappear six months at a time from his home and family, citing alien abduction by cold. Ultimately, Darren Berger's claim about inner cold would cultivate in years of harassing phone calls, people trespassing on his property, ridicule, embarrassment, job loss, friend loss, headaches, and depression. His wife would eventually leave him and take the kids, citing the whole injured cold ordeal. Um, Sophie, uh, the, the uh, perception of aliens being little green men has far left um, what we truly believe they used to be. Because, well, no, a lot of that stems from, like, the sightings. There's different sightings. Like, the, Hob, the um, Hopkinsville goblins were little green men. That has they, nothing to do with aliens. They're aliens. Yes, they are. Goblins are not aliens. Well, that's what they call them, but they, they're aliens. They had like three fingers and antennae and Hellier. That's what Hellier was. Okay, but they're not, I mean, she's saying, why are they always associated as little green? They're not. That's all I'm trying to say. Right, but like the first sightings, like back in the day, were little green men. Or there's other ones. Um... There's other ones that were little and they were green and they were 
Goblin Lives Matter. Huh? Goblin Lives Matter. If that's right, damn it. Little green guys' lives matter too. <laughs> Throw the initial encounter with Ingrid Cold may have seemed legitimate. It's hard to re reconcile Darren Berger's later details in the expedition with reality. The frequency, depth, and simplicity of the witness accounts concerning the Mothman seem much more credible in comparison. Thank you, Heather. Listen, yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. What do you got to say about that? <laughs> Talking bad about Alf, man. No, Alf no, is my buddy. <laughs> um, folklorist John Harold Brunvid studied some of the information concerning the Mothman in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, during... 66 and 67 and concluded that there were elements in common among many Mothman reports and much older folk tales, suggesting that something real may have triggered the scares and became woven with the existing folklore. Initial reports of the Mothman were countered by Professor of wild Wildlife Biology at West Virginia High University as the sighting of a large displaced sandhill crane. I'm sorry, I is Biggest cranes get. Yes, I get that. I don't think that's what I, I guess that what upsets me about people is like, even with UFOs or cryptids or anything like that, it's like, yes, there could be misidentification, but like when you, you get people, you know, well, they know what they old. saw. Do you know what I mean? Welcome back. They know what they saw. Like, you get these Air Force pilots. Well, not even the Air Force pilots. It could be commercial pilots. They're going to know if something was unidentified or if it was another plane. Especially since they can see it. Yeah. But the tower's like, what traffic are you talking to? There ain't nobody in your area. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, because um, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Why is it passing me like I'm going backwards? <laughs> the bird, freaky yeet. Not the machine. On cranes, they can get huge. They heron. The blue heron. Yeah, that thing, man. That I, yes, the blue heron, I will say, is a big-ass creature. I thought there was a pterodactyl landing in the field across the street from me. That thing, because I'd never seen a crane before, or a heron before. Yep. And I was just like, what the hell is that thing? That fucking thing is huge. Yeah. We can get, I think you can get up to like almost a 12-foot wingspan. Yeah, blue herrings are scary. And like I said, I seriously thought it was a pterodactyl landing. And the funny thing is, is they can walk light enough to walk on top of plants. Right, yeah. How the fuck is that even possible? I think when I first saw my first blue herring, I was like... I only had Ryan and Taylor, so. Yes, they are beautiful birds, Heather. Absolutely beautiful birds. And graceful when they're flying, too, which is surprising for their size in the shape. Yeah. But, yeah, they're, no. <laughs> they're huge. So, there have been very. They're huge, Batavia, huge. <laughs> I don't know if Ryan's still listening. That's twice now I've told that story over and over again about him saying. 
it's huge, Batavia, in the longhouses. Yeah, well, you just told me yesterday about the project that he did. Yeah, and last night I told Raina. So, Ryan's ears have probably been burning. Probably. That's why I jumped in the room today. Like, are they talking shit about me again? <laughs> right? So, there have been verified instances of secret government aircraft being viewed by civilians. The government is an attempt to keep such projects confidential. Having, having to admit to encourage the belief of UFOs and alien visitation as a convenient cover-up. The myth that extraterrestrial spacecrafts were visiting Earth was a convenient diversion to keep America's imagination running wild. At the point um, that it kept the Russians from knowing anything specific about true capabilities of the United States. And it's funny. When was this written? The day the pen hit the paper. Let me see if it says. This was in 2016, which is weird because now there's a statement coming out that all UFOs are terrestrial. They're not extraterrestrial, meaning the government. It's the government. So they are recognizing them now. No, that they're saying that they're ours. Oh, we own them. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. We they're not them. aliens. We made them. Right. Mm. I didn't read into it. I just happened to pass by it. I did a good the one. The article, right? you know. I don't know what I did, but I did a good one. Freaky Geek said a good one, Eddie. Good one, Eddie. Um, yeah, uh, Sophie, because that can be taken so many different ways. Uh, you, you shouldn't say stuff like that, especially to Andy in a room. I'm on to my McFlurry. <laughs> yeah, you have to watch what you say around Andy, I'm telling you. And what's her name? I mean, what's her flavor? I mean, never mind. <laughs> but, yeah. So, the government's finally saying that they're not aliens. We created them. Yeah. That's what I saw today in something. I don't know on what. Do you really think we created aliens? No, that we didn't create aliens. That UFOs are all the UFOs are ours. Oh, my God, Heather. I am old. We live in Alaska, but I am not fucking ancient. I know it's an ice cream drink <laughs> from me. I worked at a McDonald's for Christ's sake. But the paper touch paper. <laughs> Smart ass freaky, I know. Oh, duh. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? Do you think this? I mean, here I'll, I'll bring up John Keel's book again. I um, think they're just trying to cover their tracks. He said Woodrow Derenberg could have kept his mouth shut, as so many others have done. He did not have to try to speak out. In the past two years, I've traveled to twenty states investigating UFO incidents, and I've uncovered many silent contactees who refuse to be allowed to allow their names to be printed and who prefer to keep their alleged experiences to themselves. The organized UFO buffs have been ignoring these people for years. And that's true. That's true. It's just the mainstream. Yeah. And some of the organizations that have been working to further ridicule and discredit those few who have gone, had the guts to tell their secrets. It's time to, for us to listen to people, no matter how bizarre their tales may be, no matter how emotionally unacceptable their accounts are, it stands to reason that if flying saucers do exist, 
then there are there is a chance, an excellent one, that one of these crockpot crackpots is telling us the truth. Woodrow Derenberger may ha- may or may not had that one, but at least deserves a hearing. And that's so true. And that's one of the reasons I have the channel, and that it's a safe place for people to come talk to about, you know, this stuff. He said, my initial interview with Woody, he stated that Indrid Cold had told him that Lenelos was in the constellation of Genymede. Completely unknown to Woody and even unknown to most American UFO buffs, a group of contactees in Mexico claimed that they had taken some place to Genymede in 1965. How would they know what exactly he said? Unless it was put on paper. Right. But it wasn't. It's a remarkable coincidence that so many contactees are beginning to talk about Jupiter's moon, which is what? Jenny Mead is, particularly since these stories are not being widely circulated. All of these people insane? Are all of them insane? I've talked to contactee claimants who are doctors, lawyers, newspapermen, police officers, and pilots. Woody has a lot of company, sane, reputable people. Perhaps... We are the ones who have been insane for ignoring them for so long. Strange, unbelievable things are now happening to people all over the world. And by listening to the handful of courageous ones like Woody Derringsberger, we may at least gain some real insight into what is really behind the UFO phenomenon. I'm not asking you to believe any of it, but I'm asking you to listen to what he has to say. Incredibly, though, it may seem it is possible that these very same things could happen to you tomorrow. But it also may seem like it's not plausible, uh, like it can never happen. Right. Kind of like how John Keel feels about his contactees. Do you see what's on Joseph's foot? Yeah. (laughs) It's how I feel. And that's, you know, that's what pisses me off because so many people have lost so much for coming out and speaking about this. And it's bullshit. Yeah, they've been they've been basically proved to be liars. Um just not mental, even just, liars, just, just uh, delusional people. Yeah, uh, exactly. So I mean it's sad. It's really sad of what people have lost in their life because of what they have seen. What they know, what they know, is real. Right. You can never convince anybody else that it's real, unless they're standing right there next to you and seeing the same thing you're seeing. Right. It, well, you know what, Sophie? That uh, that's funny because. Uh, that's a whole different topic, and and we, we I'll tell you what we'll talk about that on the weekend. How's that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things to where you know, the thing of it is, is say it does come out that the UFOs are our government, right? Okay. Say it is right. 
What is oh, no, 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 no. So being no, 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 no. Say anything wrong at all. Um, but that's going to take a twist into categories that we don't discuss on Shadow Show. But we can get into it um, on my mine and Andy's show. But no, you you said absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> Sorry, so, I seen that and was like, oh, God, no, you didn't say anything wrong. Right. No, no, not at all. Um, But say they all turn out to be the governments, right? Okay. What is the government Welcome going back, to do Bill. to bring back everything that everybody's lost from saying this is what I saw? They're not going to bring it. The government's taking more and more away. What, what what makes you think they're going to give exactly. you back anything? But I'm saying to somebody that's lost their life or ended up in a mental ward. They're or, done. You know, they're, it's they're ridiculous. Just, they're just kind of swept under the mat. Yeah, and it's sad. Just keep feeding them pills and, and let them be delusional. Okay? And that's the way... Our society takes it, and, and yes, you're right. It's beyond sad. It's beyond pathetic. It's beyond humanity. Right. You took and stripped these people of dignity, honor, love, and you made them feel like fucking idiots, like, like they had no brain. Yep. They have no family or life. So, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, we just swung way off the path, and I apologize. I mean, I don't know, Bill. No, not misguided, delusional. I'm, I'm saying the right word, freaky geek. Um, why did the government close Helltown, Ohio? I, that's why I just said I don't know. Wasn't there a missile silo there? I, I think, wasn't there a missile Silo in Helltown, Ohio? I don't know. Um, I will definitely look that up. Oh, oh, I know what Helltown is. Okay. That's where, matter of fact, we've seen a documentary on that with Helltown. Um, that's where that ghost town is. Is that where the amusement park where the kids no. died in that pond? No, that's Shawnee. No. no. Okay. Um, if you saw... It's where that guy, they say there they were a Satanist there, but it's the one guy that, remember, he, he was a preacher and he opened up this whole space and then things kept happening there that was demonic. Oh, and they thought it was him that was doing it. Well, it's kind of like a cult. Yeah, I think I. And wasn't it set back in the woods a little bit? Yes. And they were they weren't huge buildings. They were just kind of like tiny buildings, just big enough. I, I think I remember the one you're talking about. And there was a chemical spill there. Yeah, and and the one door that they that of the church. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I knew as soon as you would start thinking about it, you knew exactly what I was talking I about. Rolodex running here. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember which one that is now. She gives me... I, 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 well, look at Cockatoo Island. 
with Drew Craig. Sounded like Charles Manson kind of space. Well, it, it kind of was, but a lot smaller. But I knew once you got a roll on it, you would know. I, I figured out what, what Helltown yeah. was, yeah. And, and, and as a matter of fact, the church was kind of like up on pylons and shit. Something like that. I don't know. It was very weird looking, yeah. Yeah. Takes me a hot minute, guys. It, um, she feeds me a lot of information that I got to try to store. And surprisingly, I can still remember. And as you can see, when I feed him that information, it's not like it's a lot of st stammering and stuttering. <laughs> right? Everybody does blame Satanist, I know. And they do. And it has nothing to do with that. I mean, just because that's what you were taught. Satanism, Satanism, Satanistic, whatever, is all bad. It's all bad. You don't know what a Rolodex is? Who? Macho Sancho. <laughs> he said, what the fuck is a Rolodex? You know, you remember that thing? <laughs> it, 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 like, you worked in an office. You, you had that round thing with the, the cards in it. You spun the wheel until you got to a certain letter and shit that you needed. Yeah, that's called a Rolodex. Oh, Amora. Oh, we love you too. I cannot believe Sancho says, what the fuck is a Rolodex? <laughs> <laughs> it's what's in Eddie's head, how he, all the information is stored. <laughs> and, and trust me, sometimes it hurts. <laughs> we can talk about that, turn. Nicole, uh, through the veil. We can talk about that next week if you want. I can do it. What I can you bring up? Helltown. Oh, yeah. yeah. We could definitely talk about Helltown in Ohio. You know, a Rolodex is not a watch. No, no. No. Well, it is. But not the Rolodex I'm talking about. <laughs> my, shit. Oh, shit. My grandma had one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what's inside. <laughs> That's what's inside Eddie's brain. <laughs> Ancestor of a Philoflex. <laughs> Veil, it makes you feel old. It's inside my fucking head. How do you think I feel? <laughs> when I feed information to Eddie, um, when I feed information to Eddie, that's mm. what's happening. I'm only 24. Oh, that's why, yeah. I had a mouthful of beer, and so I was trying to point to get you to say it. It didn't give up. All right, well, we'll definitely next week. All right, next Wednesday, we'll talk about Helltown, then. No wonder why Sasha doesn't know what the fuck a Rolodex is. <laughs> Do you know what the Dewey Decimal System is? <laughs> hey, I don't want to hear nothing, because I didn't. Well, I did know what the Dewey Decimal System, but I associated with the decimal point. But you know what, Nicole? I might be younger than you and Andy. I'm both on your heels. And I've been through a lot of shit in my life. I'm 29 and holding. And I have been for 20-some years. I want to be or dial-up internet. Yep, I remember that. Yes, the library veil, the Dewey Decimal System. Soapy says, I'm 26 and know what Rolodex is. Shut the fuck. Hey, listen, we used to have to count on abacuses in school. Yes, do you know what an abacus is? 
Oh I, I, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for these younger people to go, what the fuck is that? I bet you they're Googling the hell out there right now. <laughs> I'm close to your age, Vale. I think I'm older than you. <laughs> yes, that is the Dewey Decimal System, Sancho. <laughs> Nicole says, we had that too, buddy. Ours wasn't just, <laughs> but ours wasn't chiseled and, into rock. Advocates of these nuts. Freaky Geek says it's a Chinese calculator, right? Yeah. You're absolutely right. I thought it was freak, though. No, it's actually, or young. I, I know that. You're a year older than me, Nicole. Thing with the late Arthur DeVale. I should say. Yep, I knew I was older than DeVale. And it teaches you to count. <laughs> it's a thing with beads, and it teaches you to count. Yeah, it's that thing. We all played with it when we were, like, in kindergarten, too. It was like a toy for us. Yeah, well, yeah, back then. And then when we had to use it to go in math, we were like, what? I thought what the just, fuck is this? I, I thought, thought it was just a game. Yeah. <laughs> no, Patrick, because if that was a Canadian thing, it might have not have been over here. So I'm not so sure. Yeah, Nicole, you're only three years older than me. Shut up. <laughs> but through the get, Vale is 48. Yeah, is oh, I'm talking about Nicole uh, Pagan from Belgium. Right. Shadows, you reading? You read as mine. Because <laughs> about the toys in kindergarten, that I think. And that's what it felt like. I mean, it really did. Because you just push it around the bars and the shit. Like, not realizing what the hell it was for. Yeah, yeah, it was a toy. <laughs> yeah, we had them in school, but oddly enough, introduced as a toy, not an actual learning tool. Yep. We were learning before we even were learning that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole's like, I ain't shutting up. And then the other, then Dale says, the other Nicole, laugh out loud. <laughs> That's right. All right, let's carry on now. That was a good, quick blast from the past. Right. So Ingrid Cole, I mean, do you guys think Ingrid Cole was a real person? I mean, you've heard more Ingrid Cole. The... You know, part of me wants to say yes. But a bigger part of me wants to say no. It was more of a a, a setup, like a, a sting operation kind of thing. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like cold wasn't real, but cold was real. I think interim cold was like basically like the one that like David Skyfall. I don't think David Skypal is government. I think David Skypal is no. He's on the. He he he's hiding from the government. Yeah, I think he is somewhat could be of not of this planet. All right, Freaky, welcome back, Vale. Um, I don't know. I guess you can go that far only because how long does it take him to communicate with Craig? He Chad, just Chad or Chad. He dis he disappears for a long time. Right. Um, so it says Indrid visits my home. One night while living in Mineral Wells, I came home very late from work. 
It was very cold and the usual crowd of watchers had left. I parked my truck by the side of the house and soon as I opened the door of my truck, I heard Indrid Cold say, don't be frightened, Woody. It is Indrid and my friend Carl. Okay. So Carl's going to be the man in black? I don't know. They were waiting for me on the back porch. I invited them into my house, but they refused to say that they didn't want to awaken my family or frighten them. Although it was very cold, we sat on the porch and talked for approximately two hours. They talked of their home and how they lived. They told me that they had never had any kind of war in the world and that they could not understand the word hate. They are taught from childhood that all people are brothers and sisters and it doesn't matter where they come from or who they are or what color. They are all God's children and so that they are one family in God. They believe that there was only one God who created all the worlds in life. They believe that God loves one, one as much as the other and that God's love was no discrimination. They truly lived in the belief that every man is equal. They believe that the man's sole purpose on, on the world was to serve God and to help one another. Um, I tried to tell him of our way of life, and it seems much more complicated than theirs. I told him of our different religious belief, which baffled him completely. I couldn't explain it to them, and I was baffled too. When I finished telling him about our different beliefs and our unbelievers, he was really mixed up at the end said, I'm not Superman. I can understand why he can't understand our religion. I also could not tell him why we have wars, why we can't get along with our own neighbors, let alone try to explain why we can't live in peace with different parts of the world thousands of miles away. I became so confused trying to explain it all that I asked him to tell me why we live in fear and hatred. He told me it was the inability to communicate with each other. The words alone are not enough. We have to show each other what we concern about, that we are actually concerned about one another. He said that if the people in our world had telepathy, we could understand each other a lot better. We would have all the thoughts we could put into words and said something that was taken differently than the way it was meant to be. And that makes absolute sense. Right. He also said that everyone on the earth has the ability to use telepathy. We just have never learned to use it. We learn it because it's easily taught and some of our people already have it. Even though I had completely, even though I had been using telepathy, I still did not understand it completely. So when Ender Cold was talking to him, it was telepathy. And, even, and what he's saying, basically, even though I used it and I don't know how I used it, do you know what I mean? Right. Which I can understand. Um, so I asked Ingrid to explain it to me. He, After he had done, I did understand it, but it was still hard for me to put into words, although I will try. Mental telepathy or thought transference, as they call it, is simple. It's merely the ability to release your thoughts. And to do this, you have to trust the person or persons you are talking to for you to actually open your mind to let the other person look into it. So is it really telepathy that, that you're doing? I, I mean. So basically he says, you just think what you want them to know. Welcome back, Freaky. Welcome back, Freaky. And the thoughts are transformed 
or transferred into the other person's mind. So is there a space difference, distance, or can it happen from anywhere in the world? As long as you trust that person to be able to, like there are some people, I know there is some people out there that sit there and they can tell when somebody's trying to read their mind because they're like, get out of my mind. Well, yeah, they're like, get out of my head. Yeah. We do that all the time. Jokingly. Jokingly. Well, well, yeah, we I mean, do it all when the time. we get on a connection, that's one thing you guys don't, and maybe you have seen it at some point at us talking about different things. When me and him get on that wavelength, we it's almost like we have telepathy. Yeah, we're finishing each other's sentence to a point, and it's like, just shut up. Let me let me finish. Right, right. I'm opening your mind, Ricky. A vacuum that strong could be hazardous to the rest of the country. So it says, let me finish this before it's almost time to go. Okay. Well, you, we got we got time. We got all the time. We we do have all the because time. Because there right? is no such thing as That's time. That's right. You just think what you want them to know, and the thoughts are transferred in the other person's mind. Indrid told me that this that the impulses from a person's mind are stronger than any radio single signal known. I, I, okay, I, but you have to know how to direct them and control them. You are also the receiver. You have to know how to relax your mind and let the thoughts or words to be form able to send it, or the thoughts if they're if you're sending it to me, how to, to open to receive what you're sending right. back. Let the okay. thoughts or words form in your own mind. It does sound hard to understand, but it does work. For with them, I can communicate as easily as I can speak English. I have met two people here on Earth that I have to a certain degree learn to receive their thoughts. All right, Vale. Thanks for coming in, hon. Thanks for coming in, Vale. Always enjoy your company. You cannot force your thoughts on another person. They have to be released. And flow out. You have to learn how to release and relax your mind. And this is done by mind exercise. They have taught me to, how to do this. It was easy and I learned to do it quickly. I believe everyone here on earth can learn it just as easily. I think this is where me and Sancho could actually have a, a moment to agree to disagree. Time doesn't exist because time doesn't know it exists. Time doesn't know it's even time. Time is just a man-made concept of space. So there is no such thing as time. It's man-made. Okay. Now we can agree to disagree, and I'll leave that right there. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get into a good subject like that, we, we got to go to my channel Andy's channel when, when it's time. So it says, no matter who you are, what you are, no one can read your mind without your consent, without the full cooperation of both parties. Mental telepathy or thought transformance is absolutely impossible. Nobody, including these people from space, can read your mind without your help and consent. If everyone here on Earth could use telepathy, it would be so much easier to see that there were would be complete understanding between everyone. This in itself would stop wars and hatred. For once you can learn to understand a person, you can learn to love them. And that's true. Transmitting your thoughts is easy once you know how. It's almost like daydreaming. 
completely relaxed and letting you your thoughts just drift into one the ones you are thinking of. The people from the space did not always have the ability to use telepathy. They have a legend of how their world was populated and how telepathy came through their god. So apparently in the beginning he said a spaceship crash landed on Lanlos, which is where Inward Cold's from, supposedly from Earth. The space travelers... So I wonder, that makes me think, now does like aliens, right, have a, a story like Earthlings crashed? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we hear... Well, we, we, we are led to believe that, that we were not actually born here on Earth. We, right. we arrived. So are they hearing the same story, only vice versa? Could be. That that actually, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty good. People would run from all the movies they see in my head. No, I I, I don't believe that anymore. Um, but that's a good take on that. I know it makes me think. Um. So, Indra told me that their world was guided, but what that they called the guided, or the, you know, no, the guiding council. The council is comp- compromised of representatives from the different worlds belonging to the intergalactic circle, which we heard. I've heard many times. Each planet elects their representatives, the number depending on the population of the world, and are elected by popular vote by the people. The it inter- sounds like our president. The intergalactic circle <laughs> is beneficial, and all the planets receive the benefits of sharing in all the new developments in the field of technology, medicine, engineering, etc. The Guiding Council studies each world's problem. Now, this is Ingrid Cold telling... And I know who Ingrid Cold is. Woody this. The Guiding Council studies each world's problem, no matter what kind, and recommends the way to overcome them. They cannot use force of any kind in a way, but because of the ability to understand each other, there is always a way to find the cause and cure of any problem. You're right, and they're not supposed to retaliate with right. any form of hatred or anything. Right, they don't know that. Well, honestly, they don't know that. That's they why don't. We're not allowed to retaliate against them. Right, but it almost sounds like how the aliens met with, um, what's his name, and... The president, I can't think of which one it was. I'm not still Nixon? not aware. No, it no. wasn't Nixon. Before or after? Before. Kennedy. No. God damn it. I, I know who it is, too. I know who you're talking. I know. I, I almost said Eisenhower. Roosevelt? No, I think it was Eisenhower. We but anyway, they wanted to. No, no, that's oh, Roosevelt. Before that's him. Right. Yeah. Um, they wanted to give us free energy. Sorry about what? Yes. No. They wanted to give give us free energy, and he said no. <laughs> you know? So that makes me believe that even more, that that happened, because here this galactic circle is beneficial, and all planets receive the benefits of new de- developments in the field of technology, medicine, and engineering. So that kind of makes me believe that yeah this is your problem we want to help you fix it 
but we they want to help us but we have people in power that say no i rule it i will take care of it as they destroy it even further as time goes on right well see patrick with the reptilians there's ron explained it to me there's two different kinds there's the bad and the good but also i've heard other people state that the reptilians of the past are not the reptilians of today that they're not you know i know a lot of people think that the government a lot of them because that's illuminati they the reptilians right but remember humans of the past ain't the same as humans of today and that's and that's how the people that have talked about the reptilians today they're like we know that that's what our our story is it's how but it's not how we it. are anymore and that's how us older generation right. is trying to explain it to the world the young this is not us right yeah this yeah. is not how we brought this world to where it is right yeah but yet we get blamed for the free fall. That's why I keep, when it comes to aliens and UFOs, I keep a broader perspective. I take everything, not with a grain of salt, I take in everything, but I also look at the big picture. Do you know what I mean? Kind of like I, the way I look at evidence as well, too, is that I sit there and I, I analyze it put it in my Rolodex, basically. And then if something, I hear something that is like close to this, I'll study that more. Does that make sense? Yeah. And let me see if I can say this real quick. Uh, God, here goes that damn thing. That's a good question, Andy. I wonder that sometimes too. Go ahead, Fuck, sir. I can't. Oh, all right. Calm down. No, no, this dumb thing keeps popping up and So are related to reptilians, and and I agree with him one hundred percent. The human mind is the strongest warrior that you can ever find. Have we tried to take it a step further to create the super soldier? Right. Yes, I, I believe we have. But that's a good question about are we related to the reptilians? It we very well could that could be where that part of our mind comes from. How can some people hold their breath that long? You train. Your your body can do anything. You can train all you want, but to hold your breath for almost five minutes is almost unheard of. Your body can do a lot more than people. You know that as being a Marine. What do they tell you? They push you more and more to show you that. You just guys don't never take it further. You don't have a breaking point. Right. But you do. There's nothing I could be told that I would say could not happen to me. That's how I am, Melanie. That's how I am. I take everybody's, you know, what experiences... 
especially talking that they, something happened. And when, as a risk, you know, as an investigator, I want to find out what happened. I want them to be comfortable in their own, whether it be their home or whatever, you know, and find out the truth of what's going on. And he says, we're the only species who can't live in harmony with the surrounding world and kill each other off at any opportunity. Even predators only hunt for food yep. and not for sport. And I think the only reason why we can't live in harmony, because everybody wants to live in their own harmony. They want the whole world to be their harmony. Right. And now you have invaded my harmony. Now you pissed me off. Now I'm not happy anymore. So I lost my harmony. Totally, Patrick. Patrick says they may be the reasons they are interested in our weapons, in our world. Like, like believes Missy, they think that the, we're the threat to them. Well, yeah, that's the thing. That's why I believe that they shut down our silos is because we're not only affecting our freaking world, we're affecting we're the kill solar it. system. We're trying, trying to kill it. Right. You know, we're affecting, we blow up our own world. We're affecting the whole solar system, you know, or freaking shooting. Uh, my biggest one, you guys have heard me bitch about it before, shooting a fucking missile to the moon. Why the fuck did why? we do that? <laughs> you want to, you want to blow it out of the freaking orbit? I mean, stupid. <laughs> it's just stupid. Thank God it was only the one missile. Right. Yeah. I mean, if they would have bombarded that with four or five of them, imagine that turning. Eighth of a sixteen inch throws everything completely out of balance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The thing is that all the all the countries in the world who feel different to other countries are all built on the same place of rock. Exactly, Andy. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I believe everybody that that has seen something or you know. And what pisses me off is when investigators say that this is what they do and that, but yet make fun of people. That that, that pisses that gets me so bad. That is when a they're supposed jerker. to be respected paranormal people that try to help people, which is cool, but don't discredit people in the same way. Just because they didn't see what you seen. Exactly. That fucking pisses me off. That pisses me off. I mean, like I said, back in the day, paranormal people didn't get a, along with UFO people who didn't get along with cryptid people who didn't get along with paranormal people. It was very rare. I was one of them first. I'm not saying my the first, but that I study it all because it's all, to me, it's all supernatural. It's all... Absolutely well, it's cool. all natural. <laughs> I um, don't think, I think it's normal, not paranormal. I think all species of monkeys do the same thing. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, they all hang together. They all have their own cliques. Yep. You're, you're absolutely right. I, I would, and, and Missy would be the first one to tell you that I watch a lot of the uh, uh, zoo videos and I watch a lot of that shit on, on YouTube. It, it intrigues me. It, it, it's outstanding. To see a complete wild animal protect a human being from another animal when we should have been its prey. So I, I, I find all that amazing to watch. But I even do, let me just state too, that I do even question my stuff 
like when we, you know, I show evidence and everything like that, and they, you think it's fake, you know, do you think it's fake or real or whatnot? I even your opinion of matter. I piss myself off for doing that because somebody to me it's like I don't want to I don't want to get upset, but and you're starting. To. I know <laughs> to me it it hurts if somebody puts up their. Asking, what do you guys think? Glad to see you're still here, Sophie. Yeah, definitely. What do you guys think? Because they don't know. And they get picked on for it. That's not fair. Harambe, wasn't that a gorilla? Yeah, I believe so. I was. I believe it was the... Wasn't that the oldest gorilla in captivity? I believe so. I remember watching that one of that chimp, and it was dying fast. And and, and then the the uh, doctor, the vet. Yeah, I remember that. That took care of it. That that chimp wouldn't eat, and then he showed up, and she hugged him and ate some. Right. And spent her last moments with him. Right. That see now it's gonna almost make me cry because that was that was so touching. I just I don't know. Even sometimes I piss myself off when it comes to that. You know. Has who learned to mimic be human behavior? Because a lot of our behavior we actually learn from them. Monkey species, baboons are the most related to us. Um, you know, I got to do a little bit more reading and looking into it, uh, Nicole. But from what I'm understanding, we don't even come from the monkey species at not, all anymore. Not baboon. No, actually, the most close animal that's related. Is a chimp. No, it's dolphins. Yeah, that's true. It's dolphins. Um, but anyway... Well, not only, you know, that's like when we talk about different species of aliens and stuff like that. Look how much junk DNA we have that activates. That's why I listen to the binarial bleats and everything that's supposed to activate. But then I'll get downloads. I feel that there are downloads about why I'll start. What happens is, is I'll listen to whatever on YouTube, the binary beats and whatever. And... That is supposed to activate something, right? Do you know what I... Hold on, let me finish. Okay, let me finish for one second. I'll listen to them, and then I'll have that period where I get tired, and I'll lay down, and all of a sudden I understand something more. Do you know what I mean? Because it took your, your mind time to absorb it. Well, it's, I feel like I, I go to sleep to get those downloads, and then... It, it took your mind time to absorb it. Right. And this is how, when I they, it, when I know you got a download going. Right. That's how I know it, it's downloaded. Right. Now you're trying to process it into words. To, you're right, yeah. When, so when I'm, when I'm harder, when I'm harder on the keyboard... No, just the speed that you're typing with. Oh. It, it, it's, I know you're a fast typer. Right. But you kind of hit the speed of like, and I'll sit here and I'll look over like, and you're just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like what the fuck is really happening over there? 
bamboo shirtless 98% of their... Uh, it's not bamboo or baboon. It's baboons in common with humans, meaning that their are more similar to that of humans. You're right. They are more similar to us, but that's not where our genes lie. So for everybody working, um, we are trying so hard not to have two shows at one time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're going to be like baboons, aliens, baboons, aliens. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep our show, uh, Andy's and mine, oh, different. Oh, I thought you meant this show. Well, that, well, no, because it kind of falls in line. Because we all, that's what I thought. But, yeah, Andy and I got a whole different kind of channel where we'll talk about pretty much anything. Yeah, sorry. So what do you guys think? Do you think Enter and Call, you probably answered that after I asked it and then started reading from the book. Um, what book? The Bible? No, Visitors from Lanlos, oh, John Keel's book. It was a joke. Oh. Yeah, Bruce <laughs> and Bobby. See, there's Bruce and Bobby again. I, I said know. that earlier. Yes, you did. Um, about Ingrid Cold. <laughs> I know, Andy. That's, you know, we'll just leave that for later. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, I'm getting over to D Live right now. Freaky Geek says I wasn't sure if I wanted to go over to D Live and hype it up until I got in the chat and said, "Dude, she's dropping 400 lemons in there." You see where he's at, right? <laughs> he's in D Live. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it, there's absolutely. You know what? And you guys it, talking? There's 52.50 lemons or 52 and a half lemons in there. Um. Because every time you guys chat in D-Live, it adds more lemons. I don't know what you're saying, Melanie. Indrid, or you mean inbred? No, Indrid. Uh, Here, I'll put it in chat. What the hell is Indrid? That's his name, Indrid Cold. Oh, his first name. Yes. Got you. See, again, they're just so amazing. All right. Are we, Melanie are we says, here? I think Indrid was real. Yeah, I think he was, too. Yeah, I was hearing the same thing, Freaky Geek. Don't, well, I wasn't hearing it, but I was reading it. Yes, Lockbeard, we are here testing one, two, three. Show cash, not checks. It doesn't work that way. Besides, we got the PayPal, or you can buy us coffee. That way, we know you're real. <laughs> He's going all commercial mode. I'm just fucking having fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is my turn. Guys, I want to give you a fist bump. I don't have the things ready. That's not my fucking problem. This is your end of the show. Hello. Did this. it add? Wait a minute. Did it add to the lemons? Wait, she lied. She has not given you 400 lemons. Did it add lemons? Yes, it did. 419. Okay. Okay. This is where I get to see fist bumps to the guys, hugs to the ladies. 
Stay safe. Stay strong. We'll get through this together. And I hope I get to see you before the end of the week. If not, I apologize. And I'll see you this weekend. Lockbeard, did you get timed out? Or was it just YouTube? Nobody should have I, I think it was just YouTube did it because I, I didn't time them out. Yeah, I didn't see any notifications. Did any mod in here time out Lockbeard? All right, I'm pressing the, the button right now. So 20 seconds, guys. Yeah, 20 seconds if it doesn't pop up from you. Hit the chest and it should pop up. He said it was you too. He thinks that, excuse me, that oh, was okay. giving a no. Okay. Lockbeard, Restream Bot is not. <laughs> it's not a person. No, it is a person. Well, it, if you it, look after the restream bot, it'll have the name of the person that's talking through restream. Not if it's the restream bot laying out your rules. <laughs> yeah, but I think somebody asked if he was timed out and he thought it was restream bot asking that. All right. Nicole got 146.8. Heather got 84.7. Patrick got 61.5. Freaky Geek got 49.1. And Amora got 41.2. Freaky Geek says, I didn't time him out, but I'll take the blame. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's nice of you, Freaky Geek. Yeah, I didn't think anybody... Yeah, freaky, yes. Thank you, G-Smoke. I hope you guys have the great rest of your day as well. I hope to see you tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm not sure what we're talking about. Something witchy, I guess. It's Thursday. I know. <laughs> I had to stop and think actually what, what day, day it was. I know. My like... week is so screwed up. Um, Nicole got her loving session. Stop bitching. <laughs> going to work seven days a week kind of fucks you up on which day it is. <laughs> That's funny. Freaky Geek, you're fine, brother. Always. This is not a mandatory yeah, exactly. session. Exactly. So, everybody, we will see you tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed the show. Can't say we. Yeah, because Eddie might not be here. But take care, be safe, and remember, find something today that makes you smile with your eyes. Please, for me. For us. For us. All right, guys, take care. We'll see you tomorrow. Love you guys. Mm -hmm. Mwah.